Welcome to Bloombox Growing Deeper. I'm Sarah. I'm Hannah. And we're on a mission to help you become the gardener you want to be. Welcome to episode 15 of Bloombox Growing Deeper. Today we are introducing you to Toby, our new member and affiliate coordinator. And we're going to talk about why gardeners need community and how we find it in our lives. So, um, Toby, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, Yeah. Hi. Thanks for having me on today. Um, So I'm the member and affiliate coordinator here at the Nebraska Statewide Arboretum. Um, I just try and coax people into becoming members here. And uh, so far, so good, I think. We're pretty excited to have Toby because we never had this position before. We've all kind of shared the job of taking care of our wonderful members and our affiliate sites. And now we have a dedicated person to give them the attention that they well deserve. So we're really excited to have Toby here. And he knows a lot about being part of communities and building them. And so he was a perfect person to share this conversation with. Oh, that's sweet. Thanks, Sarah. I'm going to take props on uh, creating this position and hiring it. You're welcome. (laughs) And for those members listening, if I haven't reached out to you or if you need anything, hit me up, please. (laughs) So we just want to talk a little bit about the fact that very rarely do we find gardeners who just garden alone and never, ever talk to anybody about it and just do their own thing back in the woods. Those people exist, but they don't usually find us because we're a gardening community. So let's start with how we like to be part of gardening communities, because um, it's we're kind of in that world by essence of our jobs and we work really hard to create communities for gardeners. But Hannah, in your, you know, your life before executive directors NSA, how did you interact with other gardeners? Well, because I'm a millennial online. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the, um, that's the main way that I connect with other gardeners. I like to talk like do a lot of research about what I'm planting, what I'm finding in my garden, talk to people on social media, share that information, especially I like to share my what's blooming right now, um, all that kind of stuff. And I am terrible at indoor like plant gardening, like house plants. So especially when I have a success there, like my, um, a couple of like my Hoya started blooming during COVID, I think because I was paying attention to it and I would talk to it because who else were we talking to at that time? And so, and it started blooming and it bloomed constantly for like a year and a half. So I talked about that a lot because I was very proud of myself (laughs) for that one. Um, But then, you know, you also got to reach out to people and go, oh my gosh, I can see that your plant is doing so well and I have planted five of those and they've all died. What do you do? And usually the answer is nothing, which is the disappointing part because you can't, well, I guess you can replicate nothing, but that's what I was already doing. So, you know, yeah, I guess that's how I am part of gardening communities. Toby, how about you? Um, well, you know, I think my love of plants kind of started with houseplants in general, and I've got a ton of them. I think it's one of those things that I, I connect with folks um, by being able to like propagate these plants, split them up, give them to friends. Um, I actually have this this collection of plants that I always have propagating at home. So that way, when I need an emergency gift, I throw it in a pot and just like take it over for like a little like housewarming gift or, you know, just like a dinner party. 
Um, and, you know, no one says no to a plan, even if they're just like, I'm going to kill it. It's like, you know, it's it's still something that they put a little energy into and a little love. And, um, you know, I think it's a really great way of connecting folks. Uh, and that was just like with my love of, of houseplants. Moving on to like my actual garden. Oh, boy, that thing has been it's been trial and error for a good 20 years now. And, uh, you know, you win some, you lose some. But I think having that community to uh, chat with about your wins and losses and and, you know, like this year, my peppers are looking amazing. But last year, you know, they got some sort of insect and uh, just learning like what other people do, um, how they take care of it, and also giving them ideas about what's worked for you and, and what hasn't worked. You know, I think that definitely creates kind of a, a community for sure um, centered around on green spaces. And, and I think green spaces can be thought of, too, just, you know, like we were saying earlier, not just uh, outside and not just the veggie garden, not just with your native species, but, you know, your your inside garden as well. Yeah, I I really like that question and answer basis. I mean, that's what we've tried to create for Bloombox is that Facebook group where people can answer each other's questions. And I'm always impressed to how quickly people get answers um, to questions that, you know, they might have emailed me and had to wait a week for an answer. We've tried to give them each other so that they can discuss out in the real world and not in the the greenhouse world that sometimes I live in and uh you were one of our early bloom box planters yeah <clears throat> except for as it turns out I did not plant my bloom box correctly um I am also a lazy gardener so I received this uh beautiful bloom box and I was all stoked about it and I'm gonna get in the ground right away well of course I didn't and it got to the point where um, I needed to put those plants in the ground or they just were never going to get in the ground. So instead of doing any bed prep or anything, I threw them in the ground. As it turns out, they worked amazing. So this year, my bloom box area is just thriving and covered with tons of different pollinators. I mean, types of bees and flies I've never even seen before. I mean, all sorts of just really interesting little creatures out there. So, uh, you know. You don't always have to do it the perfect way. I was going to say there's no way you did it wrong since it's growing and blooming. <laughs> I mean, I, I, do I think give it some an, water. Yeah, <laughs> I do think it will make an interesting case study. I want to take some pictures of it. But um, my entry to garden communities was a little different because I um, came straight from college into NSA as an intern and then as staff. So I never really sought out garden communities on my own. I joined the horticulture club in college, which was fantastic because as a college student, you don't usually get your own space to garden. And so that gave me access to growing in the greenhouse and sharing plants with other people through our plant sales. And then I just came on as the horticulture intern and kept sharing plants with people in the greenhouse. And I just loved how people could come for a plant sale People were buying things, you know, we, our plant sales do very well, but the conversations never dwindled at those sales. People were, you know, there to ask Bob questions, but then they just chat off in the corner in their little groups about this plant they bought or this plant that they're growing at home or this plant they're hybridizing themselves in their backyard. And I just loved seeing those conversations happen and um, how excited people were to come just be around plants and other people that liked them. 
I want to go back a little bit to those Hort Club plant sales, which I'll have you explain what that is here in a second. But one of the reasons why I think it's a great thing to talk about is because I think Hort Club sales do build community here on campus because they have, especially I'm thinking like the poinsettia sale, like there are people, staff, students, all kinds of folks on on campus who always get their poinsettias at the Hort Club sale and they know when the dates are and we all talk about it and we go, oh, how did yours, you know, how many did you get and did you get, because also the Hort Club has a ton of varieties of poinsettia, which you can't usually find a lot of other places. So it's, did you get this one? Oh, how long did yours last? And, the, and those types of things. So I think there's a lot of ways to build community around gardening. Yeah, the Hort Club one's always um, amazed me, even as a student. So we have the UNL Horticulture Club, which it was primarily um, horticulture majors, but we had a couple people who weren't, who just loved plants and wanted to grow them. But they were partially learning opportunities for us. So the club members, um, we had a student manager and then all of their volunteer helpers. And I got to manage the poinsettia sale a couple years. So I got to sit down with the magazine and our advisor and do the ordering and think about our supplies. And and uh, they were designed as learning experiences for us to see what, you know, planning production was like. And then our spring sale was uh, annuals, vegetables, things like that, planters. They still do both these sales. I, you know, took a few flats home this spring. <laughs> uh, but then they were also our fundraisers for our trips um, and field trips that we had gone. And that was all kind of the self-serving side for us. But I just still cannot believe the people who were so dedicated to buying their plants from the Hort Club that they would follow those sales on Facebook, on uh, newsletters, and they'd show up at opening time. And for a, just a student fundraising sale, those greenhouses were packed with people who could remember the students like five years back, who'd been graduates 15 years ago, and waited for that sale to buy their XYZ um, because they wanted to come back and interact with those people again and be in the greenhouse that they used to study in. And um, I'm, st- I'm still amazed by that. And it's just, I mean, it just plants bring us together. And we just like to go back to the places where we found plants and people to talk to them. I mean, I, I think you can easily see a similar community around our um, spring affair sale where you know, I mean, these folks are waiting specifically for our big sale, and there's thousands of people that come. I mean, <clears throat> even the the volunteers that we, uh, you know, have help us out, we open up the link for folks to sign up, and like they're just flocking, like they're just waiting to sign up to help us with our sale for the thing that they want to help with. They're very territorial. <laughs> our volunteers, <laughs> they want to be the plant babysitters, and they don't want to hear anything about cashiers. <laughs> <laughs> Because cashiering is hard, <laughs> but actually we're making it easier. So don't be scared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I definitely think that there is an entire community, not just around NSA, but like around specifically, I think, Spring Affair. Um, and, you know, it's just it's 
being able to get there, um, you know, especially with like the preview party and it's a little bit more low key, you get a little bit easier access to us. And well, I say us, the people that actually know about plants, I'm still learning everyone, but then also with each other. And so, you know, they get to see their neighbor that they learned about Spring Affair from and, and just have these little conversations with folks. And I mean, I think it, it's just an incredibly important event that's so much bigger than all of us. And uh, it definitely creates a really beautiful community. I mean, plants just naturally bring people together and gardens just naturally create community. And you you kind of can't help it. You couldn't stop it if you tried. And so it sort of surprised me how much um, push we got from people. I need more ways to connect to people. Can you make more, you know, chances for community? Can you make more chances for interaction? I'm like, you guys are, you're already doing it. Um, I don't know why you need my help, but we tried. Um, and we try to follow through on that, that people want new ways to meet plant people. They want to meet new experts in native plants. And, and by experts, it's usually the um, person coming who has decided someone's an expert. The experts will rarely admit that they are the experts. But you have people with years of experience growing either native plants, trees, seedlings, and, and people are hungry for chances to meet them and, and learn from them. So we try to, to follow through with that at NSA. And with Bloombox, the opportunity was very easy to create first a Facebook group and now we're branching out into garden walks where people can actually see each other's gardens and meet in person and just some other new ways to bring people together. You know, we have to find creative ways to bring plant community together because I think a lot of plant folks are definitely introverts. And so, you know, while I'm actually working in my garden, like I don't want to talking to me, but I want to talk to people about my garden later. That doesn't always necessarily have to happen in person either because, you know, I'm kind of an extrovert, but, you know, I think a lot of plant folks aren't necessarily. Every plant person says, or an introvert, but if you showed up to one of our plant sales, you wouldn't believe that for a second everybody is just talking to each other and starting conversations with random people um it's just what plants do for us we're so obsessed with them we can't not talk about them so a challenge we have here at the nebraska statewide arboretum is the fact that we are statewide and this is something that toby has to grapple with all the time because he's our member and affiliate coordinator and our members and affiliates are statewide so he's really trying to figure out how to build community among those folks. And we've been doing that for years and years now. Um, I think one of the fun parts of the work that we do is that when we're all together as a staff at, say, a staff meeting or conference or something, and somebody will bring up a community and we'll be able to say, oh, remember that project they did and these people were involved in the tree board or the city council or whoever was the instigator behind that project. And I think one thing I've come to realize is that every community within our state has their own little garden community as well. And then we all get together and it's like just one big party. But how to bring those people together can often be a challenge. So we've we've tried to come up with some ways to do that. And a few ways are through our affiliate programs. So Toby, do you want to tell us a little bit about like both of our Arboretum and Landscape Steward affiliate programs, as well as our My Garden affiliates? <clears throat> yeah, sure. So, um, you know, across the state, we have um, affiliate sites. Uh, a lot of them are accredited Arboretums, and then some are Landscape Stewards. 
Uh, and then, of course, My Garden, which is kind of a newer program we started. Essentially, it's it's kind of creating a network of gardeners across the state that are doing really great work, you know, making more resilient green spaces across Nebraska, increasing biodiversity. Um, and, you know, creating these green spaces also creates a sense of community within themselves that brings people together. Um, like Hannah was talking about, you know, these projects that are happening in a specific city, all of a sudden you have all these volunteers coming in to like help out with this. And so I think our affiliates across the, the state, we have what I think over a hundred affiliate sites, you know, that's including landscape stewards, which uh, don't necessarily meet the threshold to be like an accredited arboretum, but are still doing just really amazing work with their green spaces. And so we want to recognize them, but also give them a chance to uh, have a network um, of of like-minded folks and um, offer them supports and resources when we can. I think Nebraska just has like a really interesting concept in this way that other states don't, where we are building a statewide network of people that are working together to make Nebraska a more like healthy, resilient environment to live in. And I think that's just, it's a truly special thing we have going on here. One of the things I love about our affiliate program is it's kind of like a a dual community. We've created this network of, we call them the curators. They're the people who are taking care of the arboretums, um, who are passionate about them, who are championing them in their communities. Those are the curators. And we've created a network for them to learn from each other and to celebrate each other. But then these arboretums, they are all, almost all of them are open and welcoming to visitors. There's just a couple that are either um, private or need to hear from you before you show up. But they're all open to sharing horticulture with Nebraskans, and they are there in their communities to be a place to visit, a place to learn from, a place to gather in. So it's like we've created this community for the managers of these sites, but then the sites themselves are creating places for Nebraskans to gather and appreciate and learn about plants. Yeah, and I mean, I think now with the My Garden Affiliate Program, too, it's something that are bringing more private gardens into the fold a little bit. So we we started this program what, about six months ago, maybe a little bit longer. Oh, almost a year. I mean, I've only been working here for a few months. So, <laughs> but really, I think it it allows folks that you know just have really awesome gardens and honestly just kind of want to show off or have questions or you know want to be part of a, a community that doesn't have to be at this like public level where, you know, they're not going to have people like just showing up to like trance through the yard necessarily. Some of them might welcome it, but ultimately it allows, you know, all these people that are doing the same thing, creating really great green spaces that are making, you know, the environment just like a little bit more resilient, being able to come together, show off their gardens and become part of a, a new community. So yeah, creating just new ways for people to connect across the state. And my goal would be to have uh, my garden affiliate site in every city. Um, of course, if anyone out there is listening and wants to join, you can go to plantnebraska.org and, you know, look for the my garden site and be able to sign up that way. You know, you just get to submit some photos of your garden. Again, you get to show off all the hard work you're doing. And then we connect you to other like-minded folks. And, and you know what, we actually just did our first Q&A session with my garden affiliates. Um, where people zoomed in from across the state and could connect with us and ask us questions and really just kind of have a conversation, kind of show us their gardens, take us around on their own Zoom cameras and show us what they're what they've got going on. I'm hoping this My Garden program turns into, you know, what we created to be the chance for people to show off the great work they're doing and talk to other people who are doing great work. But if we can meet that goal you mentioned of having a My Garden in every city or town in Nebraska, 
that's a role model in that town of somebody doing really awesome horticulture. And often when I, maybe it's just me because I, I think I am not the plant person who is not the introvert. I will talk to anybody. <laughs> um, if I see gardens in my town that are really awesome, and somebody's out, I want to stop and talk to them. So, and I try not to interrupt people at, at the midst of their labor, but you know, if they're out getting the mail and I like their flowers, I'll tell them. And, you know, I think it creates this, this visual in a town of what your garden can be. And hopefully, you know, we can empower that person to be forthcoming with their advice to their neighbors and the rest of their community and create more gardens. Um, I think it's funny you mentioned about <clears throat> seeing other people's gardens. The other day I went to get some cuttings from a gal uh, for this event that we have coming up, the Student Wellness Fair. And uh, I actually went to the wrong address. I went to the neighbor's house because this neighbor just had this amazing garden. And I'm like, oh, well, this has got to be the place. <laughs> so I knock on the door and this guy answers and he just had this blank look on his face. And I'm like, I'm here to get some plant cuttings. And I'm like, but... I just, I just wanted to say, like, your yard is just amazing. And he's like, oh, my gosh, his face just lit up. And he's like, I can't believe you said that. Like, my wife, she hates it. Like, <laughs> she thinks it looks overgrown. And I loved it. Like, it just is gorgeous. But it was the wrong address. So I did tell him about the NSA and my garden program. And uh, I think at that point, he's like, all right, crazy person, get out of my yard. But um, I did find the right place, got the cuttings. It was a, a really great way to connect with this guy and his face lit up and it was definitely something that he was proud of that maybe his wife wasn't as proud of. I do think that's a pillar of the My Garden program too. Just for a little bit of background information, the My Garden, basically when you fill out the application, you have to say that what you're doing in your garden is there to support wildlife, pollinators, uh, water, consciousness, right? So And lower input gardening basically is what we're asking people to do. And that can be something in some neighborhoods that is not exciting for other people, right? So we talked about it a little bit in the weeding episode, too, like how we manage parts of our garden so that people know that it's intentional. And I think my garden can help show you show your neighbors show other people walking by that what you're doing in your yard is intentional you're doing it for a reason because you get a sign i should have said that you get a sign and the sign says you're part of my garden and that you're doing this for wildlife and for water and all of that good good stuff and so i think it helps people understand that this one is intentional and two that it's not just you like if there's a program for it then it must be bigger and part of a bigger picture which it is and I think one of my favorite things now is to go for walks or whatever around Lincoln and be able to see the just a, every so often you see a my garden sign out front and you go, oh, that's one of ours and I know that those are my people right so it's a fun way to be able to identify those those types of folks and then I think you can be the first one in your neighborhood and then just it keeps growing and then all of a sudden you realize oh my gosh my neighbor down my street shares these same concerns or these same um, desires that I have and now I can make a friend. I think this is a good time to shift from I think we've mostly been talking about community as support um, when we're starting something new or we're just getting into gardening. But at NSA, we tend to encourage a more um, environmentally conscious 
you know, version of gardening where we have wildlife in mind, we have our water resources in mind, and we are shifting the aesthetic from maybe just turf to having a few other things in our yard and, and maybe not needing it to be perfectly manicured. And that comes with its own need for community. Because if you're the first person on your block or in your town to do something different, you really need to hear from someone else that they're also doing it. They also care about it. And you are doing a good thing. Well, and, you know, there's been plenty of research that shows that um, if you see your neighbors doing something similar, the chances of you jumping on board increase substantially. Like if you see folks putting the recycling out on the curb, you tend the neighborhood starts to tend to recycle more. And so I think by doing this in the same way with like my garden affiliates and and even with Bloombox and, you know, people are seeing these these gardens being created across their neighborhood and it makes them easier to like jump into it. And additionally, it, it gives them they know like, oh, yeah, this guy's been doing it for a couple of years. I'm going to go down and chat with him, see how they got started, see what kind of resources they took. Uh, but, you know, you start to get to know your neighbors that way as well. I mean, I've definitely met some folks that have just stopped by as I'm out working in my yard just to like chat with me about whatever's growing. And I have to lie to them and be like, well, now I'm usually just very honest. I'm like, I have no idea what's growing. <laughs> I've got to go look at my bloom box list that Sarah printed for me. And uh, I'm slowly getting better with this. But I mean, it definitely it's a way to connect with your neighbors, especially I think in this day and age where we are much more separated. We're always like on our phones, um, on our computers. We aren't sitting on our porches like we used to and and having these conversations with our neighbors. And I think any little way that we can kind of connect with each other, you know, is a really smart, important thing to do. And that, again, is where we struggle with the statewide aspect, because gardening lends itself so perfectly to that chat on the front porch. But we're trying to connect people, you know, across long distances. So I am always open to anybody who has an idea for how we can connect people. We do use our Facebook group. It's very active and wonderful. I love all of our Facebook group members, but we're not, not everyone's on Facebook and there needs to be other ways to connect. That's one of the reasons this podcast is here. We were trying to reach people who uh, maybe didn't do Facebook or didn't like webinars. So share your ideas. If you've created a wonderful community or, or have an idea in your head of how you would like to join a community of gardeners, tell us, please. A little behind the scenes, there may be a Slack or Discord channel coming your way. Well, another way that I think I think really important is actually creating um, physical spaces for us to come together. I mean, we have our affiliate sites that people can visit and enjoy. But what I would like to start doing is creating kind of like a tours across the state where we can get, you know, members together or, you know, just the public to come to different events um, at our different affiliate sites and bring people together that are out in like Scott's Bluff and Garing that we don't necessarily have a lot of interaction with. So I want to talk about some of our favorites, not a good word for lack of a better word, though, I guess like our favorite gardening communities because the two that I find are the most I guess inspirational to me are when I get to attend our curator meeting and then also anytime I get to go to the culmination of a of a project of some sort where these these green teams or whatever or whatever they've decided to call themselves 
finally are at the planting day and they get to put in the trees or the plants or whatever that project is that they were working on. So I, I was hoping you two or we can all talk a little bit about that. And I'll start with curators. Um, I attended my first curator meeting last year and I was just amazed. One, they are, <laughs> they the curators are fun because I think they do fit that mold of the introverted, um, like landscape folks. And I think it's especially hard because so many of them work in isolation. They do work alone, uh, a lot of the time, or maybe they have seasonal folks over the summer, things like that. So then when they finally get to come together, and talk about, oh, here's the problem we're having with our trees. Have you encountered this? And what did you do when you had this big storm or whatever it might have been with other people? I can just, when they first arrive, they're all kind of milling around and they're real quiet. And then we start saying, okay, let's talk about this. And then they get really excited and animated. And I think it's just so fun to see that community happen. And I know that when they leave they're they're still talking to each other they're exchanging emails and phone numbers and they're saying oh i'll come visit and we can show you how this worked and things like that and i really love that um just for a little um, backstory here the for those that don't know the curators meeting is just like an annual meeting that we bring all of our um, affiliate sites the curators that are kind of taking care of those sites together um and we usually do it at a different affiliate site across the state so we can kind of get exposure to uh, you know, different areas. This year, we're going to be hosting it in Hastings, where um, we'll be able to do plant tours of, um, you know, Prairie Loft and Central Community College, Hastings College, Highland Park. Um, and so, yeah, we, we bring all these folks together. We chat for a while about what's, you know, what's going on in their different sites, and then we get to do some tours. And who doesn't love a plant tour? It's kind of my favorite thing. Like when I go to someone's yard, I'm like, show me what's going on here and like get a little tour of the yard. So it's like that, but in a much bigger scale. So yeah, that's the curator meeting that Hannah's talking about. My two favorite parts of the curator meeting is we always start the day with a kind of a round robin storytelling and we give everybody five minutes to tell what happened in their arboretum this year. And all of these people who, um, you know, just mixed together in a group for the first time of the year. There'll be one or two extroverts in the group and the rest are uh, very busy with their coffee. And I have to cut them all off. Every single one of them. I have put a timer up on a on a presentation board. I have run a physical timer. All of these people who are a little slow to mix into a big group and just start chatting are all of a sudden have more stories to tell that we can handle in the time that we have. And they're awesome stories. I mean, there are tears during these stories. And then my second favorite part is we always have Justin do a plant demonstration where he brings a tree and we plant it at the affiliate site that's hosting us. And these are all experts. Like, these people have been working in arboretums for years. They all gather around watching him plant this tree like it's the first one and, and critique him and check it out. And it is just, that's my favorite part of the day I just love watching that because uh, they're all they're they're bonding over the shared experience that they all you know plant and care for many trees Justin is the expert in the group standing up and planting the tree but they, they are all the experts and so um, there's critiques and comments and this is how I do it and that's how you do it and I just love watching it I wonder if part of that too is it's 
because it's Justin and everyone's obsessed with Justin. Like, <laughs> I mean, he's a pretty great guy. He just got one of those uh, personalities that you just, you know, you're kind of attracted to and just like, yeah, whatever he's saying, like, it's probably right. <laughs> so my second favorite one then is projects and, the, and going to those project sites. And by this, I mean, so we grant funds to communities throughout the state to do all different types of projects. It could be street tree planting. It can be uh, rain garden installations, all different types of things in public areas. So they have to put together a team of folks who are going to support this, whether it be financially or through volunteer time with the planning. And Sarah's one of our folks who then works on our side to coordinate all of that and make sure that they're following all the rules, but also helping them with plant selection and design and things like that sometimes, depending on the projects. And so I often get invited to go along when it's time to finally install these things and and plant the trees or put the plants in the ground or whatever it might be. And it is so fun to see this team who maybe sometimes it's their first project that they've ever done. Sometimes it's their 10th. It depends. And like you can sense the unstoppability of that team when they are finally there on that day and they're just like, if we can do this, we can do anything. And I agree, you can do anything. So I I just love that. I think it's so fun. I, and Toby got to go to his first one and, and on Wildflower Week. We went and did um, uh, one in Evergreen House and the Hemingford Project. So uh, what did you think? Well, I think this is part of the NSA that people don't necessarily realize and see all of the incredible work we really are doing across the state. Um, these events kind of blew my mind. Like the Evergreen House, I, one, didn't even know this place existed before. Um, it is a community-owned, volunteer-ran greenhouse in Gehring that um, uh, essentially kind of produces all, well, all the produce that they, they make, raise, grow. Um then is donated to people in need and it just kind of goes back to uh, giving it back to the community. That alone is amazing. The fact that we get to show up and help them with whatever kind of landscape issue they're having, uh, you know, I think they were having issues because they don't have gutters on their greenhouse and they needed a place to uh, kind of divert their water. So we created um, kind of a water wise uh, landscape for them. So that way it would, you know, divert some of that water, you know, and the project that we had in Hemingford too, uh, you know, we're going into this um, care center in Hemingford that, you know, they do have some really beautiful green spaces already, but they did have an area that uh, was just turf and kind of, you know, not a lot going on there. Um, and so this group of volunteers, you know, and, and a few of us like showed up and, you know, ended up throwing a bunch of plants in the ground. And by next year, it's going to just look incredible. And so now all these folks that live at this care center can look out their window and see this beautiful green space that is using native species, that's supporting pollinators, that is, you know, drought resistant. And I mean, it, it just, it, it kind of hits all of those buttons, right? I mean, environmentally friendly, creating community, creating something beautiful for folks to, to look at and, um, I mean, I think, again, like this is the backside of the NSA that I don't think people realize just all the awesome work that we do. And and so by, you know, being members of the NSA, this is this is the type of work that you're supporting. 
Um, so now here's my little plug if you want to be a member. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, signing up with a membership of the NSA, like not only gives you a discount on plants, which um, I think is cool, but ultimately it's like we as a nonprofit are just doing incredible work and you would be directly supporting that incredible work. I love Bloombox and I love everything that I do with it. But I also really love working with these community projects that are sometimes less visible to our members because they are on public sites. So they're not directly going to to every individual that's affiliated with us. But these teams are so incredible to me to watch. Some of them, like Anna said, are on their 10th project and are just continuing to grow their abilities. Often I get um, projects that come to me and they've got an idea. They may or may not have ever planted anything and they've scrapped together this team of people who've just decided to work together. And I get to watch them go from overwhelmed at the planning and budget it takes to do a giant landscape project to a confident team out there with their shovels on planting day and then giving me the tour on their inspection day uh, of this landscape that they planted and are caring for. And they're, to me, it's just a star on the community when, you know, we have volunteers coming together on their own time with their own budget to plant at their senior care center. That just shows to me that this community uh, has a whole picture of what's going on in their town and who needs their assistance and that they're invested in caring for it. And um, COVID really made the Hemingford Care Center realize how important their gardens were because it was the only place their residents could interact with their family members. And um, they had a, a very beautiful gazebo and garden. It wasn't super visible from the windows. So this garden we planted now is immediately outside the residents' windows. So they have provided that that constant view rather than needing to get out and walk. And while we were planting, one of the residents came out to see what we were doing. And uh, it was so fun to see all the volunteers knew her by name, um, came over to greet her. Um, and I just love seeing communities care for everyone that resides within their boundaries. Well, and I think the a really special thing with the Hemingford um, Care Center, too, is you know, there's ample research that shows having uh, access and um, a view of green spaces can help, you know, mental health, it can help physical health, like it can decrease blood pressure. I mean, there's just, there's so much great research out there showing that just even having like that view can increase your quality of life. And, and a senior care center, I mean, you know, every little bit helps. And I think just being able to provide that for those folks is just uh, such a really cool feeling and I feel really fortunate to be a part of something an organization that is doing great work across the state so we've done a lot of NSA pitching here <laughs> sorry but also not sorry because it's our jobs but um, I do want to talk a little bit about any type of maybe grassroots um, communities you've created or, or joined or been a part of that were formed kind of around gardening and or maybe even temporary communities. Cause I'm thinking of, um, I was at a wedding one time and, you know, just standing there chatting with my husband. And then all of a sudden I hear someone behind me mention a scientific name of a native plant. And I turned around so fast and I was like, who are you? 
and let's let's what what are and to be fair i did recruit her to join the board (laughs) so we did that um but also then we got to spend a good time at this wedding chatting about plants and what she was doing what i was doing and why we wanted to so have you ever had that experience too where you're just like in the wild and heard someone talking about plants so this is slightly different but uh, I accidentally created a community. Um, I used to have a shop downtown and I would sell houseplants among other kind of nature-based decor. Um, but one accidental community that I created was this community around air plants. You know, they're tropical plants. People love them. Um, I think at the time I was the first and only person in Lincoln to be selling them. Um, and people just loved them. People also could not keep them alive. <laughs> And so I created this community about killing air plants and they would continue to come in and buy more and be like, this is going to be the one like I'm going to keep this one alive. And but through this, I mean, it kind of became a joke because we are getting people into the shop, but they're also buying other house plants and engaging in conversations about like, well, what what's wrong with this plant? Like, what could what could we do better? Does it need nutrients? Like some people literally thought air plants just lived on air, which uh, just a PSA, nothing in the world can just survive on air uh, if it's living. So just want to throw that out there. Um, but yeah, so it's a little bit different than Hannah's story, but I definitely accidentally cre- created a community around killing air plants, <laughs> which you can keep them alive. You just, you have to do, you know, you have to care for them as well. And I assume give them water. Yeah, they do appreciate some water. Uh, they're tropical plants, so they like a lot of humidity. Um, you know, I've got some sitting in my, my kitchen window that I just spray with my little like kitchen sink sprayer and, uh, it's thriving and it's living its best life. Well, I think it would live its better life if it was actually in the tropics, but it's living its best Nebraskan life. I actually have a funny air plant story. (laughs) Everyone does. (laughs) Uh, we also love air plants in my house and, we have there's one that I've had for years that I actually illicitly propagated while I was in college, um, and it's been living happily in one of those little glass bubbles, um, hanging on my door. Oh yeah, I used to sell um, a lot of those. Yeah, it it likes it because it holds the humidity, and I think that's my theory. I don't really know. Um, my toddler really likes to spray the water, so it's definitely getting plenty of humidity. We also have an air plant wall in our bathroom. It's like uh, a frame, but instead of a picture, we just put chicken wire and wired all these air plants to it. It's really cool. Only half of them are alive, but anybody who doesn't know anything about plants thinks they're all alive (laughs) 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 because they still look all curly and cool and they kind of just like um, mummified themselves up there. So there's five air plants on this wall. Only two of them are alive. But most people think my whole air plant wall is living. Uh, And I realized the reason they died is because it's across from the uh, hot air vent, which in our bathroom we can't close. And so I just roasted them in the winter. Well, Sarah, I just want to publicly welcome you to the dead air plant community. (laughs) I'm honored. (laughs) This is one of the things that I love about art our NSA staff community too, is that it's not uncommon to hear about illicit propagation. (laughs) I plead the fifth. To be clear, it was not illegal propagation. I just was not invited to propagate the plant. (laughs) 
Nothing illegal has ever happened with plants here. <laughs> um, also, I am a proud member of the dead houseplant community because while I, I think of myself as a very good outdoor gardener, I'm a very bad indoor gardener. And um, it's getting to the point of being a joke. I have one healthy plant out of 10 in my I, office. I count three. Oh, okay. At least three. <laughs> they maybe just be mummified. You don't know till you touch them. <laughs> and just brittles, crumbles I, apart. I just counted it and there are six healthy plants. Oh. Unless those cactus are dead and I just haven't realized. The cactus is dead, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, what other plant communities that have I, have I accidentally come across? Well, okay, so um, I have some raised beds in my backyard. Well, they're kind of outside of my fence, but um, I was out there working in the yard, building this little retaining wall that has taken me way too long. I'm not even done with it yet. He's been telling us about this retaining wall since he got hired. And I'm sorry, but I had to distribute the rest of that mulch, so you can't use it for your <laughs> retaining wall. That's okay. I, I actually ended up with some other mulch. Um, this retaining wall, we have like seven feet left of this stupid thing. But I was out there working one day. Um, a gal that I know walks by. She's talking to me about the retaining wall, and then she sees my raised beds. And uh, this is still like earlier in spring, so I hadn't planted any veggies yet. And um, she is just lamenting that she doesn't have a green space and she, you know, is living in a, an apartment and doesn't have access to like being able to raise vegetables anymore. And, um, I believe she's to work for community crops. So, you know, she's definitely like a, a gardener. Um, well, you know, every year, uh, my husband and I, we, we plant a bunch of veggies about, they always do amazing, but we aren't the best at keeping up on the weeding. And so then by the end of summer, they look a little sad and we have way too many tomatoes. And so, so we've kind of now created this little community garden where, um, this gal is walking by. I'm like, you know, feel free to take one of the raised beds. Like we don't need all of them. She threw some plants in. Um, we've got a lady then that lives across the alley from us and she makes salsa and she just, you know, she's got a tiny little greenhouse in her backyard, but you know, she's like, well, I'll come over and weed your garden if I can have some some produce. Always make friends with the people that make salsa. Yeah. It's spicy. It's like <laughs> kind of makes you cry a little bit. Um, but so now, I mean, with I just have three little raised beds back there. But now I have a gal across the street that is using one of them to grow her own garden. Um, I've got the lady that lives across the alley who's now coming over to help weed just to get some free produce. Um, and another neighbor that just comes out and kind of like stands awkwardly and stares at us while we do this. Um, and so, you know, even within this, this little, you know, tiny space in my backyard, I'm bringing again back to community, bring these like folks together that love gardening and, and, you know, then I get jars of salsa and if anyone wants some spicy salsa, reach out to me cause it is so spicy. <laughs> I think that is so awesome. I am really hoping we haven't lived in our house for very long, but I'm very much hoping we can find community like that within our neighborhood. Uh, most of my interaction, just because I've been immersed in NSA since, you know, I was 20, is kind of professional. 
But that accidentally bleeds over into all of my other communities that, uh, you know, I'm in Facebook groups for this or that that have nothing whatsoever to do with plants. And I can't keep my mouth shut. So if somebody asks a question about plants or brings them up, I have to answer it. Uh, And so hopefully I'm just inserting plants into other communities. That's my plan. (laughs) Just sneakily turn every community I'm involved in into a plant community. I mean, I think you're well on the way here. Um, one other thing I want to add about my weird gardening community that I've created in my backyard. We have this neighbor that when we first moved in, we had way too many tomatoes. And I'm like, I'm going to take this neighbor that we occasionally see wave at. I'm going to take him some tomatoes and some extra produce. And so it just got awkward real quick. So, uh, <laughs> we usually see him in our back alley. And so I decided, well, I'll just use his back door. Cause that's where we see him the most. I know he's always out there and so I'm, try- I'm fumbling with his gate, can't figure it out. It's like five minutes, and I'm like, this is stupid. Okay, I'm just walking around to the front yard. Walk around to the front yard. I, uh, you know, just have this, like, basket full of produce. And um, a gal pulls up to uh, the house at the same time as I'm walking up on this, this porch. And she's looking at me like, who's this weirdo with, like, this basket of produce? And I'm like, why is this girl walking so close to me? Like, what's happening here? So she comes up on the porch and I knock on on the door and I'm like, hey, uh, you know, this little kid comes running out and presumably that's his mom. As it turns out, like this is where her parents live. But like she hasn't let me know any of this. So she's just standing behind me wondering why this guy's on this porch. Um, And so then the kid runs out and the dog runs out and everyone's really excited. And then I'm standing there awkwardly and he's like, oh, hey, what's going on? And I'm like, well, I just have, you know, these extra tomatoes and stuff for you. And he's like, oh, well, what what should I do with them? And I'm like, um, whatever you would want to do with the tomato. And he's like, I guess I could make some BLTs. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that'll work. Um, Whatever, whatever you want to do with the tomato. And so I just like awkwardly handed him this basket. I kind of wanted the basket back, but it was kind of too late at this point. Like, so I just gave him the basket. I left all the produce and just like turned around and left. It was one of the more awkward situations I put myself in. It shouldn't have been awkward. Um, But now still to this day, we wave and we always say hi. And so we're friends, but we call him awkward tomato bear. Will you be attending their family reunion this summer? Yeah, so I'm actually marrying into the family soon. Um, <laughs> With uh, you're just bringing a basket of BLTs this time. <laughs> just, uh, just Pre-made sandwiches. <laughs> that is awesome. I am about to go meet some new neighbors that we have and I am also imagining that I always have great intentions and can turn any situation awkward very quickly so I will remember to bring fully prepared BLTs and not just the produce yeah or you know maybe like uh like a recipe of what to do with those tomatoes (laughs) I just assumed everyone like eats tomatoes or would know what to do with the tomato but he just looked like a deer cotton headlights I looked like a deer cotton headlights it was just a disaster Well, I think that's a good spot on Awkward Community (laughs) to say thank you, Toby, for coming. We really appreciate it. Of course. Yeah, this has been so fun. I uh, am really glad you asked me to be a part of this today. So I think this is a good time to share a story that I don't know if we told very many people. Hannah and I went to the American Public Gardens Conference in Portland uh, back in June, and there I learned how important it is for us as professionals to have some community too. 
because in Nebraska, we're kind of the native plant people. We're the, you know, booth at every conference. And this was my first experience being the attendee and the information collector. And that was so invigorating to me to hear about everything other people were doing and to have them say, whoa, what you're doing is so cool. Um, But we were also there to present. We shared Bloombox with the American Public Gardens Association and talked about why its community building abilities have been so important to native gardening in Nebraska. So one of the things that we talked about a lot in that presentation is that native gardening can sometimes feel isolating, especially in places where it's not as supported, um, which unfortunately can sometimes be the Midwest or the Great Plains. I think it's getting a lot better. We're seeing a a boon in native gardening all across the country, especially COVID, I think, supported that along with vegetable gardening. We we see that across the gardening industry. But so it can feel kind of isolating. So one thing that we sought to do with the with Bloombox and and really with a lot of our programs is to take people who feel like they're maybe in an out group um, that they don't have things to relate to other folks in and and create an in group among those out group folks. And so that's really, I think, what we've done with Bloombox and why one of the reasons why it's so successful. We made it cool. One of the other things that Bloombox tries to address is this fact that even if you're excited about native plant gardening, the accessibility is difficult because we are a pretty rural state um, with a lack of nurseries around the state. And so our garden communities have become so important as native plant gardening becomes more cool that we can have people around to share seed and share divisions and share advice um, because we can't get everywhere. We would love to get everywhere, but we can't. So um, we just think it's so awesome when people create their own grassroots communities. I agree with you, Sarah. I think it was really great to be at APGA in Portland and, and get to experience our community of gardeners and and just people who can relate to the struggles. Sometimes that's a, a very uh, uniting thing in um, in community is, oh man, did you get your, you know, IMLS grant or not? Like that's, <laughs> that's the things that I got to relate <laughs> to people on. And it was things like that. So I think wherever you can find that community, whether it's in person, nationally, across the state, online, Whatever it might be, I think it is important to have it, but uh, create it in your own way and connect to people the way you feel the most comfortable connecting with them. And plants is a great way to do it. All right. Before we get to our favorite segment of this week and every week, I stole that from another podcast. We are going to talk a little bit about the greenhouse fundraising because I gave you, we introduced it in the last episode. So now I need to give you an update. And actually, I'm going to teach you about a way to tear down community with this greenhouse fundraising because we have started a little competition. It starts today among the staff members. So each of us, our our staff here at, at NSA, has created our very own fundraising page 
for the greenhouse, okay? And we've all set a goal that we're trying to reach. However, the real goal is to raise more money than anyone else on staff. It's a popularity contest, so you can vote for your favorite staff member with your dollars um, on these greenhouse campaigns. We're going to have the links for just me and Sarah in, <laughs> in, in the show notes here. But you can go, I guess, to our social media and our website to get the links to everyone. So if you're a big fan of Toby, I guess you can vote for him. Yeah, I'm still sitting here. I can hear all this. <laughs> so we're going to have um, all those links available. You can show your support for Bloombox. By showing your support for the greenhouse, because the best way, but only by voting for me. No, please <laughs> vote for me. Um, <laughs> it's getting contentious here because the uh, staff member that wins gets a home cooked lunch by made by the rest of the staff. OK, and if there's one thing to know about NSA staff, it's that we're all pretty good cooks. So that is something uh, to really want. And I want it. I hate cooking, even though I'm good at it. So I would really like other people to make my lunch for me. It would be wonderful. So vote for Hannah. Uh, This election is the most uh, rigged and definitely linked to cash, like most elections, I guess. (laughs) So it's going to be a lot of fun over the next month. We'll give you updates about who's winning, who's not. It's probably me. And uh, hopefully you will help us raise these last $20,000 that we need for the greenhouse by supporting the staff member and Bloombox or whoever you choose. So please go to plantnebraska.org greenhouse to learn more about how you can donate. If you don't want to be involved, if you would like to abstain from the vote, you can just give there without linking it to any staff member. So if, you're, if, you, if you like us all equally, one, you could just give us all money. That, that would work, too. Or you can just give at plantnebraska.org slash greenhouse, and uh, that'll go just into the fund no vote cast. So keep it up. Keep checking on us. We would really appreciate your help with this project. All right. Our favorite segment, what's blooming in your garden this week, Toby? Well, I threw in some fall flocks, which... I didn't even really know what I was putting in the ground at the time. Um, and I couldn't remember what it was because I didn't leave a marker or anything. And all of a sudden, I'm like, what are these really pretty purple flowers? And looked them up last night. I got some fall flocks. And it's pretty awesome. Um, my liatris is all doing great. That's gay feather. That is just looking incredible. Some of them are about to pop. Some of them are already popping. Um yeah, what else do I have going on? Oh, all my cone flowers are insane. Um, and that all came from my bloom box. And again, without the site prep, the cone flowers are doing crazy. Um, he literally cut holes in his grass and put the plants in the holes. I know. It's I awesome. Felt I love so it. bad talking to Even you about it. Even though it's my job to teach you all how to do it right, I love that plants can survive so much. I mean, not just survive, they're thriving over there. Um, also, I have a peach tree, and my peach tree this year has like a thousand peaches on there right now. They're little babies. We'll see how big they get, but um, you know, right now they're just doing incredible. We accept donations. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I lose the competition, which I highly doubt I will, I will um, make something out of the peaches. 
Sarah, what's blooming in your garden? Well, it's really funny you bring up your phlox because I also have a surprise plant. I took it home from the greenhouse last year because it wasn't labeled and Bob and I couldn't figure out what it was. Turns out it's a very interesting color of balloon flower. Um, Probably Kate was left over from Spring Affair and just got stuck in a random flat. And I love it. I love how puffy the little unopened flowers are. And uh, I think I'm going to plant some more of it. And then um, I have this combination of linum, blue flax, and uh, ipomopsis, the uh, scarlet gilia, together. And I just love this, like, uh, pale powder blue and bright red. And and it's just, I didn't plant them together intentionally. They seeded themselves in there from a different part of the garden. And I, I think I will plant them together from now on. So, uh, Hannah, what you got going on in your garden? What's blooming? Is my favorite time of year because what's blooming is my giant rudbeckia and my joe pie and they're right next to each other and they intermingle and so you have this like purple pink of the joe pie and this bright vivid yellow of the rudbeckia and they're together and the insects love it and i just it's the first two things I planted when I moved into that house, and I had no idea what they were. Um, a friend just gave me some splittings from her garden, and somehow I planted them in the right place. They look great together, and it's just, I'm so proud of those two plants in my garden. So I'm just, I, this is my favorite time. I love that those are also two of the tallest plants, and, uh, I love those plants, but I get a lot of pushback when I recommend them to people because they're scared of how tall they are. They're like six to eight feet tall, but they're so cool. And the pollinators just absolutely love them. Yeah, I love them because I planted them in this outcropping that like you can see as soon as you walk out my back door, but then it just looks onto my driveway. So they're perfect to like kind of block that and provide a screen, a very beautiful screen uh, at the right time of year. I just, I think everyone should have Joe pie. Well, thank you so much everybody for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to go and rate and review us wherever you're listening. You can do it right now, right now. Stop, do it, rate and review. We'd love it. It's very helpful. Not if you're driving. Okay, fine. Pull Just up. wait till a stop sign. <laughs> Pull over. Rate and review us. We would really appreciate it. Um, and don't forget to send in your questions. We are in the thick of gardening season, people. You know you have questions. Don't be ashamed if you don't know the answer. That's why we're here. And if we don't know the answer, we just won't answer it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we'll try to find the answer for you. We'll, we'll seek out some other experts. How about that? So please send in your questions. We would love to have them. Thank you for listening. And Bloombox and Bloombox Growing Deeper are both programs of the Nebraska Statewide Arboretum. Mm-hmm.